time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact! Yeah! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, they say it's the science of sound that there's actually a company now that um, is devoted to helping hotel guests sleep without that noise. It does make a difference in terms of getting a good night's sleep. Vitamins, who needs them? It's the intriguing uh, question being asked today on the web. We'll talk about it as it relates to the most recent research indicating that optimal amounts of nutrients are not the amounts we find in your multiple vitamin and mineral. Who needs vitamins? Do you take them? Do you need them? Our lines are open to invite you to join us toll-free at 1-800-307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, we've talked about isoflavoins in the past that relates to naturally occurring compounds that we find in foods like soy that can be of such great benefit to our heart or even our bone health. Now, new research published in the current Journal of Nutrition indicates that pasta that is enriched with isoflavoins actually effectively reduces not only total cholesterol, but LDL cholesterol as well. And, of course, we find many more fortified foods these days. Um, It certainly speaks to the fact that we have uh, really gotten away from eating whole natural uh, local foods, organic foods. Um, so uh, you've got to sometimes take your pick between the fortified foods. Of course, the foods uh, fortified with folic acid have been an effective way to lower birth risk. Or do we go to the more whole, natural, local foods? Isoflavoin-rich pasta, effective to boost heart health. Well, this is interesting. A daily supplement of probiotics. We once ate uh, a lot of food, fermented food, from natural culture yogurts to sauerkraut to, uh, if you're in the Korean mode, uh, fermented cabbage and garlic known as kimchi that helped to keep that integral balance of good to bad bacteria. Because whether it's in our mouth where there are 700 different bacteria or any portion of the the gastrointestinal system thereafter, that balance of good to bad bacteria makes a difference. For example, we know when we take acid-blocking drugs, when we block that stomach acid, uh, that stomach acid uh, helps keep certain bacteria at bay. And we're at an 85% increased risk of upper respiratory infections without that stomach acid. That, that those good bacteria in our gut are essential for um, maintaining digestive absorption of important nutrients, actually producing certain of the B vitamins and the K vitamins. Um, for so many aspects of good health, 
Now, new research published in the Journal of Pediatrics indicating that prebiotics may prevent excessive teenage weight gain, that how our bodies absorb nutrients is forever connected to this prebiotic message that body weight increases naturally during puberty, but an imbalance between the calories we take in versus the calories we expend can result in, of course, excessive weight gain, uh, eventually obesity. But when they feed these teens, and this was at Baylor College of Medicine, natural supplements of not only pre- but probiotics for one years, what they found was a difference an ever-growing body of science on the health benefits of these prebiotics, the oligofructose, the inulins, um, and, of course, some of the good probiotics have both in there, both pre- and and uh, uh, biotics as well as probiotics. They make a difference even in what's showing on that bathroom scale. Well, it's a very popular spice. We've had the opportunity to talk with a master herbalist, uh, Paul Schulich, who wrote an intriguing book about all the research behind garlic. It's as effective for thinning of the blood as is an aspirin. It is great for nausea. It is great for stomach health. Um, And now a new study coming out of China indicating that ginger is effective against bacterial-induced diarrhea. 2.4 million doctor visits each and every year in this country for diarrhea. It can be deadly to children. They took a look at the effects of ginger on inhibiting the toxins from E. coli and found it did make a difference. And, of course, uh, some of those other natural preservatives uh, like rosemary, um, oregano can as well. But this study demonstrated that Ginger was effective in inhibiting cholera-like diarrhea because it inhibited the toxins from E. coli. Maybe we ought to go back and all read that book on ginger from master herbalist Paul Schulich. Well, we've asked the question here previously, is Alzheimer's a form of diabetes? We've talked with Dr. Suzanne Delamont of Rhode Island University. Uh, she followed up where other researchers uh, led the way that perhaps di- uh, Alzheimer's is a diabetes type 3. Now, Northwestern University is adding to that body of evidence, and they believe that they've discovered why brain insulin signaling stops working in Alzheimer's patients. But if you take a look at insulin in Alzheimer's patients, you find something amazing. The problem was nobody was looking at insulin in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. Nobody appreciated that our brain produces insulin. That brain, that levels of brain insulin are much lower, if not non-existent, in patients with Alzheimer's leading many researchers to believe that they suspect that a toxic protein in the brains of Alzheimer's patients removes insulin receptors from nerve cells and causes your brain cells, your neurons, to become insulin resistant. That in the future, we may define Alzheimer's as diabetes type 
free supporting the theory that this protein known to attack uh, memory-forming synapses builds up at the beginning of Alzheimer's disease, blocks memory function that perhaps drugs for type 2 diabetes or new approaches to address insulin resistance in Alzheimer's patients might provide not just symptomatic relief, but indeed a a bona fide treatment. Well, it's a new study out taking a look at diets. Of course, we all know in this country of extremes and fads, the diet du jour. Well, this new study looks at diets in a little different fashion. They analyzed eight popular diets on nutritional quality. What what they found, whether it was the Ornish approach, the Weight Watchers high-carbohydrate approach, the new glucose uh, revolution, that many of the new diets have high amounts of fruits, vegetables, and fiber, and that's a good thing. That in terms of nutrient density, diet quality, the Atkins diet came in at the bottom, although there are modifications to that, um, i.e. the work of um, um, the, the Dr. Agatston, the South Beach diet, that improves on the nutrient density. That if we know that obese people are by and large nutrient deficient, they've eaten a lot of calories, but they weren't nutrient-dense calories, so they continue to eat more food because they weren't getting the nutrition to satisfy their cells, satisfy that center of satiety. So, perhaps in the end, dietary quality of popular diets does make a difference. Because after all, if you're hungry all the time, you're more likely to at some point in time say, Oh heck, (laughs) I, you know, I've just got to have something to eat. And all too often we turn to those unwise dietary choices, rich in calories, but not rich in nutrients that the dietary quality of popular diets can vary widely. We're going to return to talk about vitamins, who needs them. We invite you to join us at 1-800-307-3002. That's 1-800-307-3002. And as always, join us online, HealthyTalkRadio.com. I'm Deborah Ray. Cutting-edge information on alternative medicines, nutrition, and your health. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. And our resident expert, uh, Connecting the Dots, he is one of the authors of The Roots of Disease, Connecting Dentistry and Medicine, Dr. Robert Kulatz, joining us today. Dr. Kulatz, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. Great to be with you. So when we take a look at at uh, you know that that changing trend in medicine and in dentistry with uh, a historic meeting between the American Medical Association and the American Dental Association, there is also much going on that uh, I guess has you thinking. Tell us more, Dr. Kulatz. Oh, I'm I'm delighted that finally uh, we're seeing a meeting of the minds. I've always uh, thought that dentistry should be part of medicine, you know, what other part of the body 
uh, is not part of medicine. I mean, how can the mouth be separate from the rest of the entire body? Uh, unfortunately, you know, dental education uh, has not really given the dentist the uh, medical background and knowledge required uh, to both uh, understand, uh, diagnose, uh, know when to refer, and have an overall picture of the patient's uh, total uh, you know, you know, medical condition. And just by, quote, fixing teeth, I think dentists are doing a big disservice uh, to their patients. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic, one of the founders uh, years ago, said the next great leap in medicine is going to come from the oral surgeons. The question is, will they do it? And I think a lot of uh, the, the problems that we have we're facing and that we're now finally recognizing um, a that yes the mouth is integral uh, in the total health of the human being and uh, that's been known for over a hundred years but b we have to find a way to make it uh, of the information available to dentists and make them receive it you know unfortunately uh, and this may sound cynical. Unfortunately, you know, dentists uh, are looking at the bottom line, the you know, profit-driven practices, and what is going to bring in, you know, and fill their three chairs are going to be procedures that are going to have the uh, highest, uh, you know, cost uh, revenue per hour, uh, you know, for uh, you know, for their practice and. Many times they'll rationalize, you know, blatant facts that uh, will indicate that, you know, some of the procedures may in fact may may not be so, uh, uh, may, or actually may pose a risk to the patient, but uh, they don't really inform the patient that there is a potential systemic or body risk with these procedures. And until we see an integration... Uh, where medicine and dentistry, and we've, we, we just, like you mentioned, just started to see this past symposium, but dentistry has to be open and willing to bring forth all of the data and not just some of the data that they choose to disseminate uh, to the medical profession and allow the total integration of dentistry into medicine uh, which will benefit patients uh, you know, greatly. So, w- w- what what areas to, to give us some idea in terms of examples? Because uh, with the Boston Globe today talking about, um, uh, we need to take a look at people's profession that we see. For example, uh, people in certain professions much more likely to have autoimmune conditions. What are some of the examples that if we overlook uh, what's going on in our mouth? it can affect, affect total body health, Dr. Kulatz. Okay, let's take a general overview, Deborah. You know, infection and inflammation, as we're, you know, we're, we're seeing in, in, the, in, in the media, <coughs> excuse me, both the mainstream media and in the medical literature, is a big factor both uh, in, in autoimmune disease, uh, in, uh, in uh, cardiovascular disease, in diabetes, etc., and we know that stress plays a major role. 
stress hormones that are released play, play a major role and can be uh, a factor in inflammation. So let's say somebody has a job uh, that's quite stressful. Uh, they may have a, uh, and their certain uh, genetic makeup makes them more prone to inflammation. Well, couple their genetic makeup with the stress of their job. Now they've got a uh, an enhanced inflammatory response, and lo and behold, you know they develop cardiovascular disease or they develop an autoimmune disease uh, that may not have been linked to the total picture. I mean, really, what is going on in, in the in the in the total life of this individual? Be it diet, be it uh, their profession, uh, other risk factors, etc. So you're looking at, and that's where I I, I think the word holistic uh, kind of brings a bad uh, connotation uh, or perception to the public. They think holistic as being sort of alternative or Fringe, where I look at holistic as being, well, let's look at everything because everything's connected. And until you look at everything and, and don't look at things piecemeal, uh, we're not really, we're going to miss a lot of the key uh, uh, causes of disease. Now, for one example, you know, gum disease. Right. The American Dental Association has been strong on. Uh, now coming forth with gum disease as being a major risk factor for heart disease, for stroke, for diabetes, a uh, host of other diseases, etc. And the reason for that is that there is infection. Gum disease is an infection. And because of inflammation, the body's response to that infection causes inflammation. And inflammation has many, as I'm sure you discuss on your show, many, many, many detrimental uh, effects when it's chronic uh, inflammation on the human human body. Now, the ADA goes ahead and, and they admit that, you know, gum disease, and this has been known for actually well over 100 years, is a major risk factor for, you know, preterm labor, cardiovascular disease, etc., etc. However, they fail to address some of the other issues like root canal teeth, for example, which remain chronically infected, which can cause chronic infection and inflammation in the surrounding bone and can have the same effect that a root that a that, that gum disease can have even though you don't have any symptoms. And the American Dental Association uh, admits that uh, these root canal teeth remain infected with bacteria, and they also admit that x-rays and symptoms don't always tell you whether or not you know a root canal has an active infection at the tip of the root. So separating you know, gum disease which is infection and inflammation from root canal teeth, which are infected and inflamed, there's no difference. The only difference is that with gum disease, it brings money in to the dental office and there's no medical liability. If, you, if the ADA were to admit that 
root canals caused a problem, and this also was known for over 100 years, it would take away income from the dental office and would open dentists to tremendous liability and you know, malpractice uh, claims. Sure, and sure. when we get back, uh, I'll, I'll explain more uh, as to why they're disseminating only certain uh, uh, areas of data and how they're holding back others. And I also want to ask you about some of those cases of intractable facial pain, people with irregular heartbeats who, when you work oh, out with we'll, them... We'll have fun with that one. Back with more of Dr. Robert Kulatz inviting you to join us at 1-800-307-3002. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But, hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? Dr. Robert Kulatz joining us today. He's the author of The Roots of Disease, Connecting Dentistry and Medicine. His website, thebodyconnected.com. Thebodyconnected.com will tell you more about his uh, his current work. We're talking about um, uh, this unfolding message that if we fail to look at what's going on in your mouth, we may fail to connect the dots with total body health. And with all those patients who have gone everywhere for uh, facial pain or an irregular heartbeat, who once they work with you, Dr. Kulatz, tell us more. Sure, Deborah. Uh, yeah, irregular heartbeats and uh, even to the extreme where I had a patient who had a severe dental infection who was scheduled to have a heart transplant. He was in heart failure. Uh, he barely could could walk 10 feet. Uh, well, P.S., after removing uh, all the infections, uh, which the, uh, uh, the surgeon wanted removed before the transplant, his heart function improved to the point where he didn't require a transplant any longer. Uh, these Bacteria, these bacterial toxins uh, have cardiac effects, uh, and by removing them, you know, we can avert some of the arrhythmias, we can avert some of the uh, heart failure problems uh, that are occurring, uh, and, and people taking, uh, you know, uh, as, a car, as a tangent, people taking statin medications uh, many times uh, have problems with. Uh, low uh, coenzyme Q10 and heart failure when in fact uh, just by you know proper diet removing infections they're not going to have uh, these heart problems now going to the pain issue the uh, uh, atypical facial pain which is uh, you know normally treated uh, you know with drugs like Neurontin etc sure. right. so it, these patients would come into my office and it, it, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be like every patient who had a root canal is going to have, uh, oral facial pain. It's a subset of people and, but if you're one of them, it's important to you. Uh, and they would start their history and, uh, and after about, you know, two minutes I could finish it because I knew who they, what they went to, right. you know, what, the, what the doctors have told them, what drugs they gave them, and in fact, the etiology or the cause of this facial pain was uh, many times, and not always, but many times, a chronic 
uh, infection or chronic inflammation in the jawbone that's causing this pain. Now, there's a main nerve that runs down in the lower jaw. If that main nerve is, is inflamed or has been damaged by an infection, let's say from a root canal tooth or from improper extraction, you're going to have uh, facial pain. If you have chronic bone infection, uh, and this is reported uh, by two uh, radiologists at Yale University that uh, what was once considered normal radiological or, or x-ray findings was actually chronic osteomyelitis or chronic bone infection. Now, chronic bone infection anywhere else in the body would be treated, yet dentists don't recognize it. They don't look for it, they don't recognize it, and they don't treat it. And therefore, they discard the possible diagnosis that you know this chronic infection may be causing uh, this oral facial pain, and they refer them on to pain specialists and neurologists who put them on Neurontin, which is really only you know a treatment for the symptom, when the root cause of it is you know, dead bone, necrotic bone, mm-hmm. uh, and or infected bone from, uh, you know, dental procedures. So address and, it to me, please, uh, Dr. Kulatz. You know, the, how you sorry? identify, address it for us, if you would, you know, how you identify that dental inflammation and infection. Because, I mean, all too often, people are told, oh, you know, even if they bring up the fact that there might be a correlation, um, there's, there's, they fail to acknowledge that there even might be an infection going on. Exactly. Well, for example, on the X-ray, uh, areas of dense bone called osteitis, which most dentists consider normal, are actually areas of chronic osteomyelitis, and it's the body's response to infection and chronic inflammation by laying down denser bone to try to wall off that infection from the rest of the body. And you see that on the x-ray as a, a, a whiter or a, a more opaque area, and it's not normal. Uh, we'll see areas, I just saw a patient, uh, a CAT scan on the patient, uh, who uh, was diagnosed uh, with uh, uh, lymphoma after she had the biopsy done, but prior to that, you know, about ten dentists said everything was fine. There was no, there was no problem. This was normal, right. a normal X-ray appearance. And I guess the key is uh, being able to recognize, you know, what is normal and what is abnormal. But it's very much like trying to teach somebody uh, who's colorblind what the color blue is. If they don't have the receptors or the background knowledge, they're not going to look and see it. They're going to think it's normal. And you go, and the patient also will tell you, the patient will tell you from their history, you know, what happened, when did this occur, uh, you know, what were the circumstances surrounding this. You couple all of that and you listen to the patient. And then you make your diagnosis uh, based upon that. Uh, I wish there was more research on this. I wish there was acceptance uh, from the uh, American Dental Association regarding this. There are many, many, many people out there suffering. They all can't be lying. 
and I saw many in my practice, uh, yet the ADA and the associated bodies continue to deny that this exists. And to me, it's a travesty. Very similar to what we just saw in 60 Minutes uh, on Sunday, uh, where uh, we're having uh, over a million children being diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. at ages, you know, four, five, and six, and prescribed multiple medications. Now, do you remember as a kid, uh, you know, uh, your your peers sure. being diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Never, never, never. Now we can attribute a lot of that to you know our improper diet with the, you know uh, the imbalance of uh, you know uh, fatty acids and the excitotoxins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we don't see we didn't see you know a million kids uh, being on seven medications for bipolar disorder. It it's absurd. It's absurd. And and I think we're you know, we're missing. You know, we, we, we latch on to certain things, and, you know, we can all uh, argue, well, who is really behind this, whether it's the drug companies, etc. cetera. Uh, but, you know, we latch on to certain things, and then we ignore other things uh, and that may, you know, be critical, like we talk about facial pain and uh, the connection between uh, oral disease and systemic disease. And uh, a lot of it is uh, financially driven. But, you know, to many of us who, you know, have suspected for years that mercury uh, may have a role to play in our health or the metals used in dentistry, we're talking about those literally being just the tip of the iceberg, Dr. Kulatz. Just the tip of the iceberg, Deborah, exactly. I mean, when we're talking about mercury, you know, when a, a silver, quote, silver filling, Actually, only contains a, approximately 20 percent, you know, silver, but 50 percent mercury by weight, and this mercury is being released, and mercury being one of the most toxic uh, substances on the periodic table uh, of elements, uh, being released into our body, being accumulated in our body, and in fact, there is no safe level as reported uh, by Dr. Richardson uh, in Health Canada, that the levels that we once thought were safe uh, actually are not safe. We're seeing effects at much, much lower levels. There is really no safe level of such a highly toxic substance. So, you know, dentistry has to, you know, look at, uh, you know, procedure is important, having a good clinician, but also look at the medical model. Look at what we're doing to the health of the patient. Which, which is more important, the tooth or the person? And in my opinion, you know, the patient's life comes first. Uh, and, you know, a tooth is great. Uh, if, we, if we can save a tooth safely, that's wonderful. But saving a tooth at all costs at the risk of uh, having health uh, effects Either immediately or later on is is, is not, uh, in, in my opinion, the way to go. So the unfolding message that you've got heart disease, let's look in your mouth. You've got cancer, let's look in your mouth. You've got an autoimmune condition, let's look in your mouth. Um, 
the research that you all did for the roots of disease connecting dentistry and medicine, were you all surprised by, indeed, you know, what you found in the medical literature? Deborah, I didn't want to believe it. When I, when I first uh, started to research this, I went out to research this basically to come back and say that the ADA is correct and that the people who are saying that uh, these uh, oral uh, systemic links are present, uh, are, I wanted to come out, really come back to them and say, here's where the, the evidence shows that you're wrong. Here's where what I've been doing for all these years is correct. Here's where what the ADA has been saying for all these years is correct. And that is that was my goal. My goal was to prove them wrong. And what I found after looking back and looking at some of the, the literature published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Lancet, some you know well-respected journals, was that I was wrong. And the information had been present for a very, very, very long time. And it just, and then as you start to think about it, and you look at other areas of medicine, and you see how you know infection and inflammation play a role there, it just starts to make common sense. It it it, it the, you know it can't be disputed. I mean, how do you dispute infection and inflammation in one area of the body uh, can cause a problem? Yet we deny that uh, it can cause a problem in the mouth. In fact, the ADA uh, years ago said that uh, any infection in a root canal tooth is going to stay local uh, in the surrounding tissues and not travel to other parts of the body. That's absurd. It makes no sense medically. It's, it's, it, it makes dentistry look like it should you know, be back in the barber's chair. It, we have to be. We have to integrate dentistry again, as I mentioned earlier. Integrate dentistry with medicine, uh, and look. Forget about sure. you know the the profit margin and the procedures. Look at how these procedures affect the overall body health. And I did not want to believe it. Uh, like I mentioned. I was out there to prove this wrong. And when I saw the data, and the data was abundant, uh, I found that I was wrong. And that started my crusade. So to today's you know, Detroit Free Press uh, has an interesting article about you know, how to make a dentist part of your healing team. Wh- where do we start in terms of you know, sourcing, asking questions of, of dentists to find somebody who is indeed uh, somebody we want to be on our team, Dr. Uh-huh. Kulatz? <laughs> That's a very good, very good question. I, I, I think uh, in the long run it's going to be re-education. I think it's going to be educating dentists uh, as physicians of the mouth. Uh, but in the short run, I think it's going to mean that dentists, uh, and, you know, periodontists and general dentists, uh, get a, a continuing education, you know, medical, uh, you know, background and they treat, you know, gum disease, uh, and, and root canals, etc. on the medical model, not strictly fixing quote-unquote teeth. Um, and how do you find one? 
Uh, there are many groups out there. The International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology is one group. I think they have a long way to go uh, before uh, full integration uh, and um, and standards uh, are met. Uh, but it's it's one area. If a pa- if a patient is looking for a dentist, they can go to the i a o m t dot org, I believe. A website and look for a dentist who has some of the knowledge of this oral systemic link. Hold that thought. Uh, We're going to pick it up when we return. Dr. Robert Kulatz joining us at 800 307 3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Check out Deborah Ray online now with live audio streaming and audio archives of past shows, plus news stories, guest information, and the fast way to find books you've heard mentioned on the show. Only at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Dr. Robert Kulotz joining us today, one of the authors of The Roots of Disease Connecting Dentistry and Medicine, The Body Connected, TheBodyConnected.com. We'll bring you up to speed on his current endeavors. Uh, joining us today to talk about inflammation infection in the mouth affecting your total body. Uh, helping you to identify, uh, you know, dentists and, and you know, healthcare practitioners, uh, because uh, I'm sure you found over the years, uh, Dr. Kulotz, uh, this, you know, became a, a team endeavor, um, in, ter- in terms of really getting to the, you know, the bottom of some of these puzzling health symptoms and then working with the patient, uh, dentally as well as, uh, you know, a, a total body medical approach to help restore their health. Absolutely. Uh, looking, you know, you know, from my point of view, uh, the, from the dental aspect, looking at the uh, uh, the patient and then taking a very good history and seeing what is going on, consulting with their physician, you know, looking at all their laboratory results and trying, it's, it's a puzzle, trying to piece together the puzzle. And sometimes it's very easy. You'll see that there is, you know, a direct correlation when uh, this young person, perfectly healthy, uh, had this, uh, these uh, three or four root canals done and then suddenly had a pulmonary embolism. I mean, a very healthy uh, person with no risk factors shouldn't have a pulmonary embolism. And then you start, you know, you know delving deeper and you remove, uh, you know, these infections and uh, the drugs that they put them this person on so that it wouldn't have a repeat pulmonary embolism, all of a sudden they go, oh, wait a minute, how come uh, things have changed? No, what happened? You know, you, you don't need those drugs anymore. Well, because we removed the infection. And so it's, it, it's critical that you know, all areas of medicine uh, and, and dentistry understand each other and talk to each other. And don't just look at... Uh, you know, their little area and not look left to right and, to, and, 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 you know, and talk to other practitioners and have an interest, have curiosity mm-hmm. about how the body actually functions because it is so complex. It's very complex. And the more I know and the more I learn, the more I'm humbled by how complex it is and the more I say I don't, how much I don't know. Uh, and but it, it, it is very, very rewarding to see and help people that right. have gone from 
you know, doctors uh, to doctor for, you know, 10, 15 years without a diagnosis and have been, you know, chronically ill. And, and you can find that their problem stems from a you know, oral infection and you eradicate that and they become better. Uh, There's no better feeling in the world. All right. Thanks to you, Dr. Kulatz. As always, I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.